for 5,000 years, meditation has been practiced in communities with a teacher, with fellow meditators, in a group for support and accountability. And for the last five years, it's something that we've done by ourselves on our phone. So we thought there was a real opportunity to build a digital product that very similarly replicated what happened offline. That was Stephen Sokoler, CEO and founder of Journey Live, a meditation app that focuses particularly on live meditation communities, helping people all over the world and companies to reduce stress, increase productivity, and also increase happiness. In this illuminating show, Stephen talks about the importance of meditation, not only to his life, but to businesses in general. Interestingly, Stephen's also going to outline the power of live experiences to meet people where they are, but the future of the digital meditation industry more generally. But before this, let me welcome you to Digital Mindfulness. Brilliant. I'm Lawrence Ampofo, and each week we bring you the latest insights and thinkers from around the world, from people who are making innovations in digital well-being and ethical technologies. We discuss everything from health and fitness to behaviour change, artificial intelligence, digital well-being and much, much more. I hope you enjoy this episode with Stephen Sokoler. So, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me here on the Digital Mindfulness Show. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Um, and I'm really looking forward to talking to you and about Journey Live. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. So Stephen, introduce yourself to us, if you would. Tell us a little bit about your journey to working in the digital and mindfulness space and how Journey Live came about. Sure. Great. Um, so I am Stephen Sekoler. I am the founder and CEO of Journey Meditation. And we teach meditation in a simple, approachable, secular way to individuals and organizations. And I'm excited to talk about uh, my journey, no pun intended, and how, uh, how I ended up doing this work. Um, so digital and mindfulness, Stephen, like what was your, how did you come to be working in this space? Or how did you come to focus rather your career on this space? Yeah, so to go back, um, I was very fortunate. I moved to Sydney, Australia in 2011. Um, prior to starting Journey, I was running a company uh, called Altrum Honors, which helped organizations celebrate and inspire their employees. And uh, we decided to open an office in Australia. Uh, it made sense for me to go, and so I went. And uh, very serendipitously, I found a book on Buddhism, and it really spoke to me. Um, I started meditating and it was transformational for me and uh, moved back to New York a few years later, sold the company, had no idea what I wanted to do, but pretty quickly realized I wanted to do something that mattered, something that was impactful. And when I looked at meditation, I thought it was pretty misunderstood as religious, difficult, spiritual, confusing, and I thought we could do better. And I, I had personally seen the power of the practice and I thought that uh, there was a way to really meet people where they were. And we actually didn't start digitally. So this was four years ago. This is in 2015. Uh, we started teaching at organizations live on site. So we would bring incredible teachers to different organizations. Our first client was Warby Parker. Our second was Time Warner. Um, over the years, we've gone on to work with everyone from Facebook, Nike, and Disney to charter schools like the Harlem Children's Zone and the Hospital for Special Surgery and the Anti-Defamation League. 
but nothing was digital at that time. It was always going on site and running these programs to help people live happier, healthier lives. It was only around two years ago after we had grown from New York to LA and SF and a bunch of other cities that we said, how do we scale this digitally? And when we looked at everything that existed, lots of great meditation apps, but they're all similar in two key ways. The first is they're single player, meaning you're doing it by yourself. And the second is you're listening to a recording from sometime in the past. And we thought there was an opportunity to replicate what has existed in communities for thousands of years. So for 5,000 years, meditation has been practiced in communities with a teacher, with fellow meditators, in a group for support and accountability. And for the last five years, it's something that we've done by ourselves on our phone. So we thought there was a real opportunity to build a digital product that very similarly replicated what happened offline. And uh, so that's what, we, that's what we've done over the last two years is, is bring that product to market. It's really interesting, Stephen. You were talking about how um, Journey Live really, it, you know, you started off and it wasn't um, a digital product. Um, but some of, the, some of the companies that you were referencing that you worked with are enormous enterprises. And is that something that you're seeing now increase, that there's a greater demand for um, not only for kind of meditation products, but for this kind of well-being within enterprises themselves. Yeah, it's it's really nice to see that um, organizations of all all shapes and sizes. In fact, a lot of our clients are law firms, very traditional law firms that you wouldn't think would have this type of meditation or mental well-being program. Um, so organizations of all shapes and sizes are realizing that the mental wellness of their team is critically important. It's not a nice to have. It's the, the actual business that they're in is having uh, thinking human beings producing good work and communicating with each other, making decisions. And so when someone's able to think clearly and be less stressed and find more balance and, of course, find greater happiness at work, it impacts the bottom line of the company. So it's it's something that I think there's just more awareness around societally and businesses are seeing the actual tangible impact. One of the things that you, you, you kind of, you stressed a little while ago was this emphasis on community. And that, you know, that's something I really want to talk to you about. But, um, you know, on, on the website, you refer to yourselves as the Peloton of meditation. And is this because of not only the community aspects, but also the live video as well? Well, TechCrunch had called us Peloton for meditation uh, when, we, when we first launched. And uh, we were, of course, very flattered, obviously, a very successful company. And I think it's an easy comparison for people to make, right? Like Peloton is live streaming classes and Journey Live is the same thing. So from your phone, whether you're in your home, whether you're on the subway, whether you're, you know, really anywhere in the world, you can log in and join a live class with a live teacher and with fellow community members. Like I was in uh, Vietnam and Cambodia at the start of this year, and I was logging into classes and meditating with my colleagues here in New York, my family with teachers that I know and I'm familiar with. So it's, it's a pretty cool product in that it, it, it really helps to, to meet people where they are. Would you say it's that community aspect that really differentiates Journey Live 
that it's really the bringing people together where they are and the live video aspect that differentiates differentiates yourself from the other hundreds of meditation apps there are out there. I'm wondering what makes Journey Live different to your competitors. Well, I think there's a couple things. So if you were to go on any of the other meditation apps, which again are, are all great in their own way, you are listening to a recording from maybe two years ago or five years ago. Um, and you're doing it by yourself. And what we're bringing you is live video with a teacher, with fellow meditators, so you can actually see the teacher and see what they're wearing, see how they interact. You know, they say a lot of communication is actually not just what's said, but but body language, right? How they're carrying themselves. Um, you can ask a question. You can just make a statement. That was really hard for me today. Ah, I really appreciate you sharing that. You know, that may have been hard for other people. And there's the whole support thing. So we know that meditation works. It's been practiced all over the world for thousands of years. There's all these studies on it. The question is, what keeps you coming back? So I lost 85 pounds. And people always ask me, what was the diet? Like expecting me to say, I just ate, you know, watermelon soup, or I had, you know, this or that, but it had very, very little to do with the diet. It had all to do with the support, the accountability, the structure that kept me coming back long enough to lose 85 pounds, right? You obviously can't do that in, in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. With meditation, it's the same thing. So having the group, having the teacher, having the teacher be able to say, Lawrence, three days in a row, keep up the great work, or Mary, first time here, welcome. It's nice to have you you know, it makes a huge, huge difference. So I think there's a whole host of, of things that are different about Journey Live. And the one thing that uh, our students, our members will say so often is it feels really human, like because you're going on there and it's not a cartoon and it's not like this tranquil beach scene, there's something wrong with either of those things. This is a human being who looks like you and is walking through life the same way you are. Now, maybe they have a practice but they're still living in the real world. So they can relate to, to you and your story. And the other thing is we also have communities. So we have a mom community. We're launching a men's community. Uh, we're launching a student community. So the idea of being these safe spaces for people to come and meditate and connect authentically and talk about the things that are relevant for where they are in their, in their lives. So I think there's, um, there's that element too that really differentiates us. I'm fascinated by these different aspects that you're talking about related to Journey Live and in particular, why people find the platform so engaging. And I think particularly so because you haven't mentioned any um, any specific techniques that would traditionally be used to engage people with these digital experiences. A lot of companies now are focusing on meaning and human connection to really go above and beyond um, clicks and getting eyeballs to focus on the site. And in particular with Journey Live, you've talked about um, real human presence, so real-time presence with the live video and having people engage with people um, in, again in real time. And I just wonder if you can talk about that a little bit more is that the secret source, as it were, to really creating authentic connections with your user base? Well, I think the, the thing there is I don't come from a technology background. 
Um, I only joined Instagram and Twitter maybe a month ago because one of our uh, investors and our social media manager were bothering me for so many months that I finally caved. Um, but really, they were saying it's it's important for you to to be able to share a, a, a lot of the writing that I do and, and things like that. But but the truth is, like that's not the world that I grew up in. Um, I'm 40, so. I was, you know, technology was around throughout my childhood and then certainly in high school and college, but it's not the way, uh, you know, my, my baby cousins are growing up now where, you know, they have an iPhone in their hand and they're two years old. So for me, it was the most authentic connection came from being in real life with people, being able to see people, being able to connect, um, and technology is neither good nor bad. It, it can be used in, in tremendously positive ways or uh, destructive ways. And I think for us, technology is a tool that allows us to share these beautiful ancient practices in very simple, approachable ways with people all over the world. You know, like we have a, a teacher starting a class at, at noon, right? And you might be working at noon, and so you might not be able to get to a meditation class or you might not have access to that particular teacher because you live in a different part of the city or state or country or world. So for us, technology is more, it's, it's in the background um, versus it's the primary. It, we're not a technology company that then is, is trying to figure out how to weave in the human connection. We're a human connection company that happens to have technology that, that powers it. I think, for me, certainly in the feedback that I've had personally from people that have used the app, it's the live um, experience. It's also the community aspect of being able to interact and communicate with people f within a specific community or for a specific teacher. These are the uh, these are the aspects that really draw them back again and again to the app and also to again be able to get the benefits from meditation that we all know exist yeah i think that that was the that was the core idea um you know you talked about notifications uh, earlier and um when journey live launched um popular science uh wrote an article comparing different meditation apps and what they wrote at the end is um at the end of the study i deleted uh Headspace, Calm, and Breathe, but kept Journey Live um, because the only things we remind them of are when a class is starting. So if you opt in to a, to a class to follow a teacher, we just let you know, hey, Amanda's going on in five minutes or Hector's going on in five minutes. But we're not sending you miscellaneous pop-ups throughout the day. We're not trying to notify you. You know, we're just letting you know the same way your calendar does. You scheduled this and it's starting soon. That's it. Like, again, technology for us being in the background and really letting the humans be the be the driver of it, be the thing that gets you excited to show up uh, each and every day. One of the um, I'm really interested to know, like just through your research and, you know, you've been building Journey Live for a long time now. So what would you say are one of the you know, what would you say one of the most impactful communities that you've had on the app that's been surprising even for yourself? Well, we we were really fortunate. So when we first started to put Journey Live out into the world, we did it in private beta 
from November to May. So the product launched in the public in May. But for six months prior, it was in private beta where we gave it to friends and family and communities that resonate with us. And that was everyone from some of the companies that we worked with, like Sweetgreen, but also uh, veterans organizations or organizations working with homeless youth. Um, I think the, the partnership or the community that I'm, that I'm most excited about right now is the FDNY. Um, so we recently partnered with them on their 40-day mindfulness challenge, especially uh, you know today being the day after September 11th and, and being a native New Yorker, like the fire department is just so, so critical for the everyday running of, of, of our lives. And, and we so often don't don't see that. Um, and so being able to help them to be able to find balance, find, you know, give them a tool to be able to connect to themselves and to each other has been a tremendous honor. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really moved by it to be able to put this product into, into their hands. So I think that's the one that at the moment is, is speaking to me the most. You mentioned before, Stephen, about the importance of your teacher community and the fact that you know you're not a technologist yourself but that it's really your the your teachers that are perhaps the most important part of journey live so can you tell us a little bit more about them in particular why are they so important to you why did you emphasize that sure so um we have a variety of teachers and and so similar to peloton actually in this regard we didn't want you to go on there and find a thousand teachers, right? Like we want you to go on there and find five teachers, 10 teachers, 12 teachers, all of whom are amazing, super diverse, a variety of different backgrounds and styles and experiences, and be able to find someone that you really resonate with. So it's basically the equivalent or or the difference between walking into like the New York Public Library, which is the most beautiful but overwhelming uh, building to walk into versus a local neighborhood curated bookstore where somebody can come over to you and say, what are you interested in? Let me help you find, let me help you go in the right direction. So in terms of our teachers, uh, we have a guy named Hector Marsal who runs uh, a Buddhist meditation studio called Three Jewels. And he's a Argentinian guy who grew up in Australia big, massive beard. I mean, he just has the best energy. Everyone, as soon as you see him, you just start smiling. Um, and he's been studying and teaching Buddhism for 20 years. Um, so deeply studied, great personality, a lot of charisma. He teaches our 10 p.m. Eastern time class, which is around sleep and rejoicing. Um, we have a, a gentleman, another teacher named Lodro Rinsler. Uh, Lodro uh, comes from uh, also a Buddhist background. Um, he is a uh, a writer. He's written, I think, probably seven to ten uh, books. Uh, he ran a, a meditation studio, started a meditation studio called Mindful, which uh, many people were calling the, the soul cycle of meditation. It was one of the first studios that opened. And so uh, bringing meditation to people also, again, in a way that meets them where they are. Um uh, we just have such a, a wide variety of, of teachers. We have a woman, Tiffany, who teaches our 9 a.m. class. Um, Azaria, who comes from the Caribbean, who teaches our 7 a.m. class. One of the things that was really important to us was representation. We wanted uh, our teachers to come from a similar background to the students that we serve. So we committed to having over 50% teachers of color 
Um, we also have a, a very good split between men and women. Again, the idea is like if I'm a lawyer, I want to go on there and find somebody who maybe has a background like me, who can understand the life that I'm living. So we have a teacher named Cheryl Browse, who is an investment banker and a former uh, litigator and also has been a meditation teacher for the last 15 years. So I can go on. I mean, getting me started about my our teachers is like talking to someone about like their their kids. It's like the the, the most joy that you could bring me is to just listen to me talk about it. But but really in simplest terms, very experienced, very diverse teachers so that you can find someone who you resonate with. Here at Digital Mindfulness, Stephen, we do um, a great deal of research into the digital and mindfulness space. And I'm really interested to hear from your perspective where you see the next wave of innovation or change that's going to affect the hundreds of different apps and digital and mindfulness solutions that exist out there? Where is that change going to come from? Uh, I see a couple things, and, and it's a great question. I, had, I haven't really thought about it uh, prior, but, but off the top of my head, the two areas that I see, um, one is um, people are starting to develop products for niche audiences, which I think is is great. So you have people who are building meditation products for people of color or for veterans, or there's a faith-based uh, meditation product that's coming out. So I think that's great. Um, you know, and, that, and that's part of the reason why we have those communities, um, because it's not one size fits all. You know, what might be right for you might be different than what's right for my mother, which might be right, you know, something that's different from your neighbor. Um, so I think that's interesting. And the second is, is live is something that we're going to start seeing more and more. Of. Um, the technology now allows it to be done um, at a reasonable cost. And I think I don't want to say based on what we've done, because, you know, this, there's been other companies outside of the meditation space that have done live well, and we've been able to sort of follow in their footsteps. I think there will be other companies that follow in our footsteps that that are interested in exploring live as well, which I'm excited about. I'm excited to see that. It, that is really exciting, actually. And, you know, like, like you say, we've been on the on the cusp of live for a long time, but now we're starting to do really interesting things with that. But um, Stephen, what would you say then are some of the challenges? Like, what would you say, I don't know, what, are the, what would you say is your main challenge then um, within Journey Live that, that you're really working to, to overcome? Well, I think meditation is still broadly misunderstood. Like on the coasts, there's a better understanding and in certain cities, uh, there's a better understanding. But when I started this company, the mission was to help all people live happier, healthier lives, not just those that work at Amex or one of our other clients, but, but really anyone that could use this practice, which is basically everyone. Um, and so when you think about that, for me, it's how do we continue to see this practice and this product with beginner's eyes? How do we look at it freshly every day? so that we are continuing to serve this bigger mission that we don't, we don't, um, we don't build a product that's only for privileged people who already know that meditation is good for them. It's how do we reach people who may see this and say, ah, you know what, this, this is for me. This is a place that feels right for me. 
So that's that's the challenge that I think about a lot. Would you say also, Stephen, that mindfulness as a as part of a stress management toolkit in the same in the same way as I don't know exercise for example do you think that mindfulness is accepted in that way or that it's still perceived as being a bit too spiritual and a bit and not as effective as other parts of a traditionally accepted stress management um, solution that people generally have I think I think yes and yes. You know, I think just it's much much better now than when we started uh, four and a half years ago, which is better than when when it was when I started meditating eight years ago. Um, so there's much more awareness now, and you're seeing uh, business folks reading about it in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, you're seeing people reading about it in uh, publications like Well and Good or Mind Body Green that speak to a wellness crowd. You're seeing it um, in places like Weight Watchers, which or WW, which now introduces uh, mindfulness into you know mindful eating programs. You're seeing it pop up in a lot of places, and we're still barely scratching the surface. Um, the majority of people are still, eh, meditation's not for me. You know, um, I, I obviously have a lot of conversations about meditation, being that it's the nature of my work. Um, you know, outside of outside of these walls, when I go and socialize, um, and when I'm outside of New York or LA, there's still a lot of curiosity around meditation. Whereas, uh, you know, here it's it's largely accepted. And I think a good a good comp is yoga. You know, if you look at yoga. 30 years ago, that wasn't a thing that everyone did. And now you have yoga studios everywhere. You have these big billion dollar brands like Lululemon and Core Power Yoga. And I think meditation is on a similar trajectory. So for people listening now, Stephen, what's the best way for them to get involved in one of your communities? And I think more importantly, how can they maintain their practice? Well, the simplest thing is to go to the app store and download Journey Live. Um, there's a, a seven-day free trial. They can check it out. If they love it and want to keep using it, uh, they can just subscribe. And if they say, you know what, um, I can't afford it right now or anything like that, um, after the seven-day trial, they get to use what's called Daily Journey. So we have one piece of recorded content that's recorded that morning and lasts for 24 hours. So today's class would be Happy Thursday, uh, great to have you with us. And then a meditation and tomorrow's would be, you know, the Friday meditation. And so we provide that completely for free to everyone. So of course, we would love for people to subscribe and take the live classes. You get seven days to access everything for free. And then after that, if you subscribe, wonderful. And if you don't, you still have something to support you. So I think that's the, that's the next and easiest best step. Next best and easiest. <laughs> That's great. And in addition to that, are there any other places that people can connect with you? Uh, journeymeditation.com has, uh, has a lot of information on us and how we think about these things. There's a wonderful blog that has articles of, of all types on the impact of meditation on individuals, on organizations. Um, I know I have Instagram and I know I have Twitter. My, uh, again, my social media manager would probably kill me for not knowing what it is, but it, I don't know what it is. It's probably my name, Stephen Sekoler. But, uh, but yeah, I think journeymeditation.com is a good place to go. 
That's great. So, Stephen, thanks so much for spending some time with us here today and taking us through the work that you and the team have been doing at Journey Live. I really appreciate it and wish you all the very best with it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about this. As you can probably tell, I'm, I'm really passionate about it. So it was, it was great to be able to share this.